Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. special guest from Alfa Romeo on this week, Vita Marina, joining us. We are talking General F1 with Vita. Vita, welcome onto the podcast this week. Hi, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we are super excited to have you this week. But Vita, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background on your kind of role in the team at Alfa Romeo and, and kind of, you know, what you focus on week to week and within the team? So currently I work as a um, factory performance engineer, um, but uh, I just changed into this role like a month ago. Uh, before that, um, I worked for um, around two, three years in design office um, in uh, stress department, working on uh, different bodywork parts uh, design. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so I think I saw that you kind of came up through the Ferrari like Academy as well, right? There was, there was some work that you had done there to kind of help give you that experience to get into, into Alfa Romeo. So kind of maybe give our listeners a little bit of like, how did you even get to Alfa Romeo? Like, what did you do? I mean, it sounds like, it, I think I read that it was as simple as you reaching out to HR, but like you had to have had some experience in the background. Like you, you didn't just reach out to HR and say, Hey, I'm interested in being, um, you know, in this position. Like, how'd you get here? Well, um, it started long, long time ago. Um, I think I started my, uh, let's say, education um, in, in technical area uh, right after the high school. And I did the appropriate university with mechanical engineering degree. And then throughout the whole um, studies, I was just always trying to 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 keep in mind that at the end I want to work in Formula One. So yeah, actually how I joined the Ferrari Academy was um, as you just described. I um, I knew um, that they had this uh, program for graduate, and I saw I think on LinkedIn, it was like May or June, so kind of towards the end of my studies, I saw that uh, they were looking for another um, batch of fresh meat. So yeah, I prepared a really nice um, CV. I mean, nice. As, as good as I could make it. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, I sent I sent an email and I got a reply and got a call for for like a Skype interview in the beginning. And then they had another I don't remember now four or five uh, levels of uh, testing. There were some um, written tests, uh, some um, some 
additional interviews, some, um, how's it called? Um, assessment center mm-hmm. where we had to travel to Maranello um, and um, do some additional checks. So the whole process took uh, several months, but then at the end, several of us got accepted. I think we started around several hundred and then only maybe 10, 15 got in. Yeah. I mean, so we, we did our homework. I, I saw that there was, uh, I saw your background. So we definitely did a, uh, our homework on you um, before we joined, but really, really cool uh, that background from you. When you were at the Ferrari Academy, how did you overlap with any of like the drivers that are on the current circuit? Like I know Mick Schumacher came up through the Ferrari Academy. Like during your time there, were you kind of in the similar time frame as like some of the other drivers on track? Like I know Giovinazzi was a like a Ferrari Academy driver. Oh, I was there when uh, which season it was like 2016, 17. We had uh, Kimi and Sebastian Vettel in the car, and I think Antonio just uh, was joining the team back then. So, yeah, um, since I was working there also in design department, um, there was not too much um, contact uh, between designers of like bodywork parts or suspension with, uh, with the driver. But um, they were always coming to the office and uh, especially Sebastian, he was very um, active and friendly. And every time he was coming in, um, he was like going through the whole office, making some jokes, uh, discussing the steering wheel and some adjustments that he needed to do for for his car especially for the beginning of the season because we were working mostly like november december january that's the time when most of the development is happening bd you started with ferrari and um you you through your background i saw you were a big f1 fan growing up now were you a ferrari fan growing up was that the team that you always wanted to work for or was that just kind of the one that had an opening and you, and you jumped at it yeah and, uh, i'm a 90s baby so i'm a schumacher fan um uh. <laughs> you and Stefano both. Your heart yeah. must have broke when you saw the Nicky Lauda crash with, or when you saw Charles Leclerc crash Nicky Lauda. Yeah. I was going to say, not the, four, not the Nicky Lauda crash. Uh, your heart must have dropped. Well, I wasn't very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> is that because of who was the driver or because of how old the car is? Uh, no comment. No, so yeah, I think I started watching uh, Formula One since I was like four years old, uh, basically since I realized what the TV was for. Um, and then, yeah, I think as a, as a kid, it's just fascinating even before you understand uh, what it actually is, no? Yeah, I think I share a similar experience with that, Vita. Um, growing up, my dad, my dad is from Italy, so he's a very big Ferrari fan too. Um, so I think we share the same experience, although it's a little bit different here in the States, you know, back when, back when Shumi was in the seat, you know, you didn't get to see all the races broadcast here. Um, so we definitely made some leaps and bounds as far as broadcasting goes here. So I'm, I'm really happy to see the sport growing as much as it is in the United States, because it wasn't always this way. Are you, so you had only some, uh, selected races shown? Some selected races, um, mostly a lot of taped races coming back. We didn't really get to see them live very much, but it definitely what didn't have it didn't have the same star power and grandeur yeah. in the United States back then as it does now. You know, F one has gone through uh, sort of leaps and bounds as far as popularity goes in the United States. We had you know popular years decades and decades ago, but then it sort of lost its popularity, and then the debacle in Indianapolis, and in, I believe oh five or oh six really was um, not a good, not a good look for F1. But uh, ever since then, you know, especially with Texas, um, F1 has gained a lot of popularity here. And now that we have Miami and soon to be next year, uh, Las Vegas, 
that's a very good uh, step in the right direction for the sport in the United States. So newer fans, newer generations of fans definitely have it lucky compared to um, what some of us 90s babies <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like me and yourself uh, were going through. Yeah, I'm really happy to see uh, that uh, that is growing, especially after I think the Netflix series came out. That was a huge. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a good thing for, for yeah. F1 in yeah. the United States. Because when I was when I was little, Formula One was not popular at all in Russia. We were having a live um, live broadcast, but honestly, the the amount of people that were following the sport was very low. And uh, for a very long time, we didn't have um, a track or a race because also it, it was not clear how many how many people would actually join and 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 and, and follow the sport. Um, and then it kind of started improving in the beginning of 2000s. But uh, yeah, now it's going backwards again. As a, as a factor engineer this year, Vita. So obviously, mega change this year to the car. 2022 regulations have totally shaken up the field. I mean, we saw a dominant Mercedes for eight years. They're struggling with porpoising. We've got Ferrari that was always pretty quick. And obviously, you know, they have a great power unit, Alfa Romeo, using the Ferrari constructor power unit too. Alfa Romeo is having a fantastic year with two new drivers, which I think was a big question mark. Whenever you have two brand new drivers coming onto a team this year. But as a factory engineer, um, I know you said you had just moved into the role, but like where has the team and, you know, what has been the biggest challenges you think across the board in general, but that just kind of has puzzled teams is it the port is it really the porpoising like we hear that so much but is it really as big of a problem inside the factory or is it just more of the whole arrow and trying to kind of get your head around the regulations or has there been one area that's just been really a beast for you guys to tackle compared to you know prior years or how hard has the regulations really hit the team well i think it hit everyone in the same way because we all had to, to totally. make a new car completely from scratch. Um, I wouldn't say that there was one particular area that was uh, specifically difficult. Um, it was just a very intense 2021 for everyone at the factory. Um, absolutely uncomparable to the previous years. Um, Why is that? And we had because of the amount of extra work that we had to do. And oh, in preparation we making, for 2022. Yeah, because I mean, the car um, was in design for almost a full year mm -hmm. and we needed to do our homework. And I think uh, results this year show that we did our homework uh, quite well. I, there was no particular concern about having new drivers because the driver selection was, I think, one point for, for us. Yeah, it's, you know, there is no, usually no magic involved unless you have some some particular... Uh, loop in the regulation but at the moment you see that um, it's just about teams getting all the right details um, and putting everything together and I think that's just what we did. So it seemed that this year maybe more than ever it's kind of a, a week by week process like a, lear a learning process for each team trying to unlock more speed um, handling those porpoising issues. Now we hear a lot about upgrades from your perspective, are, are those upgrades kind of planned out over the course of the year? Or do you see the performance on a Sunday and you say, okay, we need to work on this. And you plan your upgrades around the performance. Or is it more of like, okay, we're going to bring a specific upgrade to a race in four weeks? It's, it's a combination of both. Of course, uh, just purely for uh, 
design production logistics reasons you need to to have a plan of when do you want to 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 release uh, an update for the car but of course it's not like we're deciding now for what uh, is going to be done in uh, in the end of season we need to see where the main limitations are and uh, after every race uh, we we evaluate where we stand and how good are our estimations for the upcoming races and how how is the correlation and based on that we decide in which direction to go um it's it's both so on on the topic of upgrades we we talk a lot about them we're 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 kind of i wouldn't say obsessed with them but we very very much focus on the upgrades on a week-to-week basis and we we pay attention all the uh the twitter chatter about who's bringing what to what race you know as someone who focuses on for a specific team are you kind of paying attention to what other teams are bringing and and wondering ooh, is ferrari bringing a specific upgrade oh or maybe even towards the midfield cars you're more competing with you know as a mclaren bringing an upgrade um is alfertari bringing an upgrade or are you specifically focus on what your team's doing and nothing else really matters about what other teams are bringing well let's say we plan our work based on our performance of course we compare uh to what the other teams are doing and we know uh when the information is available um um that um they're planning something for the next race and we also check when the weekend starts uh, what have they brought uh, every team does is doing exactly the same um but yeah you don't uh, gain lap time by understanding uh, by just looking at the others <laughs> no um of course everyone in formula 1 is uh, looking for some uh, interesting solutions that uh, someone else has come up with uh but our main focus is uh, of course our car and uh, understanding it properly and and because purely copying never never helps um it's never a good idea so vita <clears throat> alfa romeo pretty closely tied with with ferrari because of the power unit right so ferrari i think has uh their ferrari t- car alfa romeo and haas are the three ferrari power units on on the grid this year everyone else is basically mercedes other than the honda engines for red bull and alfatari and i think alpine has been still using renault but we hear sometimes that a team like ferrari is planning an engine upgrade or they are going to unlock the engine and say hey we we've been in a like a safe mode and maybe for this race we think we're going to unlock some more pace how much of what they can do to the engine is like same thing that you guys can do to your ferrari engine is it basically the exact same power unit so if you see data points from ferrari and charles and and carlos saying hey you know we heard rumors that they unlocked or they they came out of safe mode for imola and they're going to race it and see if they they have some reliability from the engine at a different setting do you guys are you able to like kind of replicate that in the next race and say hey it looks like they've got some pretty good data on ferrari or on haas on their power units and we are running the same power unit and how much of that do you guys like look at other teams data that have similar you know maybe similar front wing end plates similar rear wing similar power units that you guys take and say hey this data looks pretty good we're going to use that mm, so we're all in the same conditions we have the same uh, units we have uh, ferrari team uh, supporting us um, every event so whatever is available for them is available for us there is no such special i don't know investigation necessary yeah we're basically all running in the same in the same conditions interesting of course so- of course it's interesting to to compare um, knowing that uh, we have um, the same power unit what mm-hmm. than the other differences between cars uh, but as i said before um it is interesting but it's not the main priority when we are working on the 
um, updates or um, trying to understand the uh, the difference in performance. Yeah, and and so one thing we've talked a lot this year um, is kind of how this like new fuel has impacted like how these power units are are kind of running. We've seen a ton of reliability issues across all different types of power units so far this year. I think Valtteri had one in Saudi Arabia. Um, the same one I think was was uh, Fernando Alonso in Saudi Arabia. Max Verstappen obviously in Bahrain. Uh, Max Verstappen again in Australia. Almost Checo in in Miami. It seems to be kind of a power unit issue with with Red Bull. But like, do you think that there's something going on with like obviously new fuel hit the, the tanks this year and so many teams in the first few races just lost power towards the end do you think that was more related to one issue or another and obviously don't speculate across the teams but just in general like is that something that you think is just the nature of a new car and maybe new fuel tanks and new loads or is it something that you know is a little bit more common I think that reliability issues in the beginning of the season when there is such a huge regulation change is more uh, a generic issue yeah. rather than uh, something something particularly related to 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 one to one unit to an item. Um, I think all the teams are struggling in their own way. It's not necessarily that everyone has the same issue. Maybe on TV it appears uh, like uh, like something similar, but it's not it's not given. So as you said, uh, there is no, no need to speculate what happened with whom. Um, but it's a it's a prototype uh, car racing. Um, we're in race five six now. Um, I think engineers and other teams are also still figuring out some. Uh, uh, some design uh, concepts, some uh, maybe uh, production issues that they had or some miscorrelation between data. So I think this is just a uh, business as usual, unfortunately, for the uh, beginning of the season in such a such a new new age. Got it. And were you were you on call in the factory? What's, what's it like during a race weekend for you? Uh, so like Miami, for example, Mother's Day weekend in the States. Were you working in the factory that weekend? Were you in Miami? Did you get to go to the Miami or were you, so you were in the factory no. on call? Yeah, we're in factory at the factory. It's um, so it's a night race for us yeah, <laughs> because so of the late. time difference. Yeah, uh, we're staying until quite late. Um, we have um, we have like a mission control room here, like all the other teams, um, yep. and we have uh, engineers from performance, uh, from aero, vehicle dynamics that are supporting the the racetrack team. Um, and yeah, basically we're. We're here all the time, uh, starting from Thursday until um, end of race, um, providing uh, some additional analysis, providing extra support to to the um, to the race team, and uh, yeah, doing the same uh, the same hours, maybe in the dark. So uh, back to the upgrades a little bit. So we we hear a lot about drivers comparing themselves to their teammate and being in the same car. Specifically with upgrades, we're seeing this year, and I think we've seen it in the past. Maybe one driver gets an upgrade that the other one doesn't. That that has to cause a, some sticky situations sometimes. Maybe um, back at the facility, who's going to get it? What kind of goes into that decision of who gets what upgrade? Maybe who doesn't get it that week? Why they get it? And are these drivers really driving the same car um, at the beginning of the year? Like we're, we're told they are, or are they kind of different setups based on who the driver is? Maybe their weight kind of goes into those decisions uh, well there can be some small differences but they're really minor this is nothing that you could uh, see uh, on the car um, in general yes the drivers are uh, driving the same car and um, if we have a good idea for an update uh, and we then we try to bring it as fast as possible in a quantity that 
is as, as high as possible. If it's not possible, then uh, okay, then we have to make a decision. But there is never uh, any like I don't know drama friction. Uh, so it's more of a quantity thing. Like we're we're able to produce enough for both drivers. It's not oh. Valtteri will will do better with this update, so we're going to give it to him. Usually, I mean, we plan to to put update on on both cars if it's not possible. Like it sometimes happens. At the moment, it's not happening, but I I remember like a couple of years ago we were in this situation. Um, then yeah, but it's not not a big drama, not like a a fight. <laughs> so, you're, so you're telling us that the drive survives a little dramatized compared to to the actual real world? No, it's completely <laughs> and 100% true. Everything you see there. Love it. So if, I'll put it this way, Sam. I feel like if both drivers were getting the same upgrade, then we would have seen a Joe Granu picture of him in the water bearing it all and seeing his, <laughs> his tukus out in a, a nice lake in the middle of uh, the United States. But it sounds like we were only fortunate to get Valtteri's picture of or what is going around as Valtteri Bottas, I guess I could say, which was pretty funny. What's it like having, uh, having Valtteri on the team? I, personally, you know, he, it's, I always kind of felt bad for him at Mercedes. Playing the second fiddle to Lewis Hamilton must have been absolutely brutal, but he just seems so much happier and at home on Alfa Romeo, and he's been having a fantastic year so far. He had a little bit of an error in Miami, and he had that unfortunate luck in, uh, in Jeddah, which was out of his control, but he just seems like... It's been honestly sneaky. I'm not a Mercedes fan. I'm a big Red Bull fan. Stefano's a big Ferrari fan and Sam's a big Mercedes fan. Uh, we're all Alfa Romeo fans this year, but I was like rooting for Valtteri at Imola to overtake George in that same straight. I was rooting for him to kind of finish ahead of both Lewis and George in, in Miami. It's like something like you kind of like want to see him succeed and he's had an awesome car, but what's it been like having him on? He just seems like he's just so much happier here. He's a great uh guy to have in the team really i think you can ask anyone here we're very happy that he joined he brings a great atmosphere with him great like motivation and and mood and both during the race weekend and outside when he comes to the factory um it's really really great you know like leader for for our team this year um it looks like he's enjoying it as well so that interpretation, I think, is hundred percent correct from your side. Uh, it's it's been the really a pleasure so too. far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're um, very excited about him bringing his coffee and gin experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Vita, um, speaking of the drivers, from your perspective, do you think there's been any sort of key moments, something, something where you can where you can pick out and just say this was sort of a defining moment so far in the season? Um, something that may have uh, impacted Valtteri and, and, and made sure that he's had consistent form or something where the pace may have picked up or anything like that. Well, I think in general, what usually helps uh, or yeah, what helps always is to have a good communication between the driver and the team and to have uh, good feedback from the driver regarding the car so that we're speaking the same language and we understand uh, what uh, what is needed. And I think for both drivers this season, we've been extremely happy with the level of feedback that they're providing and also with how they're working with the team, with the simulator, everything. Um, I think that's maybe one of the, the main reasons why we are progressing at uh, such speed because we have uh, a really good uh, feedback loop going on. Vida, you just mentioned communication uh, with, with your drivers 
you know, sometimes we hear about drivers who are super involved in the process of the car, you know, like you mentioned, Seb, he's notorious for getting in there, understanding, you know, every nuance of the car and you hear guys like Daniel Ricardo, who just pretty much just drive it. You know, they, they don't know much about the mechanics of it or the engineering portion of the car. What's it lo- been like working with Valtteri and Zhao about how, how involved are they this year in the car, the development of the car, the performance of the car? How much insight are you getting from them on a week-to-week basis, maybe compared to other drivers that you've worked with? Quite a lot. Uh, they are very involved and they are always uh, saying in which direction they want the, the car to go. If they're missing something, they're telling us, okay, you need to bring this up, kind of this kind of update. Uh, or I'm looking for, for a specific... Um, uh, behavior of the car and then we know okay then we have to then we have to organize it so yeah this has been very um, also consistent across drivers so we know that what uh, what both of them are saying is let's say true because we get kind of the same feedback is it easier for you when that's the case when the drivers are kind of all a part of the process and and really diving into the nuance of the car or is it easier if they're kind of staying out of your business and let you do your job no, no, no. Of course, we need full involvement. The more consistent it is and uh, uh, the more, let's say, it's matching in between the two, uh, the better it is for us because uh, at the end, we can uh, think what we we have our tunnel, we have our simulator, we have all our tools with which we predict um, um, the performance. But at the end, what matters is um, what... Um, what Valtteri and uh, Guanyu can do with the car. So if we can give them what they need, then that's the key to to unlocking the speed. Now, Vita, I uh, I want to ask about a, a recent retiree because you said that you've had experience working with Kimi Raikkonen at Ferrari. In contrast to Seb, who you said was very involved with the process, you know, with uh, engineering and making sure that everything on the car was up to his up to his standard. The consensus among the F1 crowd is that Kimi is sort of less involved, more, more removed from the process. Is that in your, in your experience, uh, a true statement or, uh, was he, was he more involved than, than what we, than what we're led to believe? Because on race day, his nickname is the Iceman, but on, on race day, he's very animated over the radio. Um, he definitely lets his voice be heard to, to the team paddock and everything like that. So there are contrasting, uh, images of what we see from Kimmy and what we're told about Kimmy. So in your experience, um, how can you how can you give us a review of that? I think Kimi is as involved or was when he was with us and with Ferrari was as involved as uh, all the other drivers. He just uses less words. So he's more of an action, speak louder than words type of guy, Vita. It sounds like he's involved, but he's just as quiet in the factory as he is in front of the cameras. He's not doing an act or a bit in front of the cameras. He is like that in every he's aspect. That's how he is, exactly. That's how he is. Uh, very genuine, but it doesn't affect uh, at all the, the contribution that he made uh, to the team or the Absolutely. level of communication that we had. It's just, yeah, his style. Everyone has his own style. He's one of Stefano's favorites. I mean, then honestly, on social media these days, I've been getting a kick out of it. Everyone seems to be posting the video of all the drivers warming up their tires and Kimmy's just <laughs> driving straight through down the street with nothing at all. And it's yeah. one of the funny, you see like Max and he's weaving and then you see like Charles and he's weaving, you see Lewis and he's weaving and then Kimmy right behind him just straight away down the air. It's unbelievable. That's yeah, just, that just shut up. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so when you grew up as a Ferrari fan, you were a Schumacher fan, but were you also a Kimmy fan too? Or did you like 
are you were you just like a hey almost like the people who love max they respect checo but they are rooting for max every race and they're not rooting against checo but was that the same concept like when you were rooting for for michael like mm, no when i was little i was only rooting for uh schumacher and then no one else existed no one else me. no 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 that was absolutely <laughs> so were you were you uh were you happy that lewis didn't catch and break his record last year and the schumacher world championship record wow. is yeah. still intact a bit i know I, was. I have to admit yes well yeah it's... i know that it's gonna happen at some point well, yeah. i don't know he might retire not this year that yeah, doesn't look like this year but who knows you can never count out mercedes you can never count out alfa romeo i mean either because you guys that this ferrari power unit is so powerful it's unbelievable and i think you know we've been talking about it on the podcast lately it's almost like we're heading into a different season because the first few tracks were more of like straight line speed low downforce packages where the powerful power unit it just was managing tire deg and making sure that you know you had the most powerful unit but I mean, Imola was a little bit different because of the rain, but now we're heading into some of the technical parts of the of the season where you have to be really quick. You have to have good downforce, and that power unit Ferrari has got good pace and with a good downforce package, probably minimizing tire dag. But um, kind of shifting gears to to that, the tires this year it seems like that has been a big challenge for these teams, getting them to the right temperatures. So not only did we see bigger tires with wheel covers, now we also have less temperature in the the warm ups, right? The, 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 the tire blankets are at a lower temperature than they normally are. Is is the tires like I guess what is your view on how this has affected you know mainly Alfa Romeo, but just the entire grid? in terms of all the changes like do you think it was almost too many regulation changes with with regards to the tires too fast i kind of do it is what it is no yeah. i mean if we're already changing everything uh, it wouldn't help us i think uh, too much if we hesitated and then delayed the some some further updates for another couple of years i think i think everyone is uh, dealing with it and everyone is struggling in their own way uh, you see across uh, field uh, some of the struggles are common some teams are affected more uh, by uh, by tire degradation some less um, at the end uh, i think these issues are are similar on all um, on all cars um, so it's as i said before it's just about uh, who has done their homework uh, better uh, before the season and who is the fastest now in uh, understanding what is the actual issue that is causing either warm-up or degradation issues um, and that's what we're working on it's such a funny year because of the regulations right every it, they did their job we say the regulations did their job they shook up the field yeah, the cost caps absolutely. You know, they, they're making teams be more thoughtful. You don't have these, the top two teams, three teams, just shoving money into development. It's kind of people being more thoughtful. It's kind of giving racing a little bit more fun. We're seeing a lot of overtakes back and forth. Drivers can follow closely together. Um, what's been your favorite thing that you've watched so far this season? And in kind of twofold, that's a two part question. So the first part is specifically within like Alfa Romeo, your favorite thing about this season, just in general of you working on the team. And second, as a fan of F1, what has been your favorite thing to look at on track this year? Yeah, I mean, as a fan of Formula One, I'm extremely enjoying this season. I, I love to see... Uh, the amount of um, actual fights that we have now, the compression of the field, the 
the way we, especially let's say in the maybe third, fourth row, um, how much uh, how much competition there is going on that the the midfield is is really tight. This is really a pleasure pleasure to see. Uh, for me personally, I I know you're you're uh, expecting me to say <laughs> that uh, I have like one particular moment that no. I really enjoy. To give be me honest, more. Uh, I'll take I'll take five. <laughs> you can give me your top five moments so far. <laughs> For me, during the race, we have two cars. Every time we can uh, do a good start and, and score a posi- an ex- or get an extra position, I'm happy. If uh, end of race uh, we we get points, uh, we're happy. I I follow um, the car two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joe, uh, so for me, anything that that he's able to to do during the race with during quality, this is every next race is. So what you're saying is your favorite point, your favorite time during the season is when both drivers are in the points. In the points, hey. <laughs> Vita, I've got a little bit of a of a two part question for you as well. As a fan of F1, what circuits are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? And then for Alfa Romeo personally, if you have any particular circuits that the team is looking forward to, I don't have a specific preference. Um, I think we we know, let's say, on which circuits our car should behave uh, a bit better. Uh, you will see when you watch the race. I can't wait. Um, I have, uh, as a as a fan, I have my personal, maybe more emotional connections to some to some tracks. Uh, that which means ones? Something Out of curiosity. When when I was uh, I think fifteen, uh, I went to my first Formula One race. Well, that was long overdue, if you ask me. But it was Nürburgring, and I really miss uh, miss that circuit just because it was I think two thousand seven. It was one of those races when uh, turn one it was raining and that no one could hold uh, hold it in. For any car fan, not just F one, but for any car fan, any anybody who's interested in cars, the ring is like the place the, that you want to yeah, go. That's exactly. where you want to go. The green hell, as it's called. It's, it's an absolutely amazing amazing track, and uh, yeah. I, I was very happy that this was my my first race uh, that I witnessed. I was very lucky. Um, and then I have um, maybe I'm one of the few, but I have uh, special feelings for Spa uh, because it was also um, the first race uh, uh, where I went to uh, after I joined Alfa Romeo, and it's it's a very intense intense track emotionally also for it serves up some great races. Great races, but also bad, bad stories. Oh yeah, I think back to 2012 when there was that huge, huge grid crash at Spa. What about 2021, where they got like one or two racing laps and everyone got like half points last year? I mean, for me, 2019 is the the worst uh, memory um, when the uh, when Antoine Aubert had his crash and uh, Juan Manuel Correa. Um, so it's a track that, yeah, I like and I hate for what it's doing. Yeah, I have similar feelings for Japan. I feel like everyone we talk to is a big spa fan. I mean, before you joined, we were talking to Katarina. She was on our way to the Circuit de Barcelona and she was saying how awesome it is and we should go. And I said, well, if there's one track, where should we go? She said, you should go to spa. And so I think, you know, our, our goal is to make it to spa, make it to Monaco, definitely try and make it to Vegas next year because that would be great. So we're definitely going to try and do all of those. But, um, 
Yeah, spa. It's just at the perfect time. Miami was too bad because, like I said, it was Mother's Day weekend, and and I I struggled. I was home for Mother's Day. You know, I tried to get my I'm trying to get my mom into Formula One, but you know, it's a little bit challenging to get to get my mother into. It. She loved watching. She said it a couple times like the race was a little bit boring. And I said, admittedly, Miami, the first part of the race, the first like 41 laps were kind of boring, um, and then the last once the safety car got deployed, it became a little bit faster. But man, I just struggled to get you know. You know, my mother watching F1 to the same way that I do. I have um, invested 30 years of my life trying to make my parents uh, like Formula One and um, I have zero success. I don't know if it's possible. Um, I don't know any person who, who managed to do it. But I, I think Formula One is just something that you either love from the beginning or um, it's quite quite difficult to explain to an so speaking who, yes. speaking of trying to get new yeah. fans involved or just people involved in the sport in general, um, I know that this has been this has been a bit of like a like a disconnect between F one and a female audience and just female involvement in the sport in general. Um, from your perspective, you've been successful in getting involved, but um, is there anything that you know Formula One as an organization can do to try to attract more of a female audience or more of uh, female, like female involvement in the sport, be it um, racing team members, like engineers, like yourself, or actual drivers. Because I know we've had a handful of female F one drivers, but by and large, the the vast majority have been men. Um, so, do you think that there can be anything done, or do you think they're doing a good job of it? Or I don't know. I'm just curious to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, I think uh, having uh, having a driver, having more engineers, of course, um, helps uh, because it also changes a little bit the the, the type of conversations that we're having, the questions uh, um, during the, the the interviews, the general mood. Uh, I mean, I think you you can imagine that once if you would have a fifty fifty uh, mix, um, probably it would look a bit different. Um, for me, I think what um, what has been done so far in the last couple of years is already a step in a good direction. Mm, I think we just need to continue down this path and um, try to involve more um, more girls that are already interested. Maybe at the, at a young age, um, they're yeah, at the grassroots level. And, yeah, exactly, and and just kind of. Um, show them um, what else is there, how can you get involved. Um, um, if they are interested in karting, then organize some, uh, some more events where they can try to drive uh, the car, when they can try to visit the, uh, uh, the, the Formula One event itself. Yeah. Um, I think because, uh, I don't know, from my personal perspective, as a, as a little girl who liked cars and who liked the F1 and didn't, didn't really have like parents who were as big of a fan uh, or not a fan at all um, as me um, I was always like hesitating to to ask a question or to go somewhere or to 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 get involved in a conversation um, so I think um, just helping helping to unlock that interest um, will will already help yeah just generally more openness in the community for yeah for that yeah. sort of thing yeah no that's that's yeah. really interesting you think we'll see a female f1 driver at any time? In the in the future, I hope we will. But uh, there, we need more. In, I think we need more women in lower categories that are. Than um, so the lower uh, formulas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> it's funny because 
in the sport of Formula One, obviously, especially with the drive to survive too, and with Toto being such a, a big, um, big personality on that that program, his wife Susie Wolf obviously has some really awesome racing pedigree. She was she raced at Silverstone in a free practice one in a Williams. So, and then we had Claire Williams. Obviously, she was the head of the Williams team for for a while too. So, there it seems as though we're kind of in this generation where you know the more notoriety that it's getting, and I think and you know not to to put a lot of it on on the drive to survive, but I think just in general, any streaming service was going to pick up Formula One and make it big. It could have been a UK based one. It could have been a US based one and they could dramatize it or not but i think that's definitely going to push this in the right direction and get you know people like us who were were involved but now we're like super passionate about it and really love watching every single thing we don't really listen to the the drama as much we listen more to like what's actually happening in free practice what are you guys saying talking to folks like you inside the actual sport to learn more i think as like more of that comes out it's just going to be a natural wow this is really interesting like you said as a little girl parents didn't even know really what it was right and they were it's hard kind of hard to get them you said it's a 30-year battle to get them involved and now you've got you know our generation of folks that are super passionate about it it's no longer what is formula one watching it on tapes i think you know it's positive for the entire sport um and i guess what would be your message if you had one to to those folks or to the to anybody trying to get into formula one but specifically because of the underrepresentation of females like what would your message be to to them to encourage them to keep pushing just do it head down very very, very kimmy-esque answer very <laughs> nike based answer i have learned from the best yes. um <laughs> no but to be honest there is no as you said if you like something you need to do it if you're asking yourself if you should do it but do it anyway um i don't see um, I think I think it's very easy to start questioning your own uh, decisions and desires and uh, and think, ah, is it the right path? Do I have a, a good chance? Uh, I mean, you will never know if you had a chance or not if you don't go for it. Um, I know, of course, it's it's difficult if um, if you're not from from Europe or if um, you do not have like a support uh, network or if uh, you're coming from a very different um, background. But I mean, my in my school there was uh, no specialization on like mathematics or physics. Mm-hmm. My school was language school, and in Russia, motorsport didn't exist back then. So to me, if you have really a really strong passion for something and uh, you just feel um, at the age of, I don't know, 10, 15, that um, you want to be be in a certain sport or you want to be in a certain industry, um, I, I I don't see why not. Anything is possible. Yeah. No, and you're right. And honestly, Formula One is such like a big, it has roots in engineering math it's moving even more towards like data technology coding and all that stuff and like even in the united states we're seeing you know a big push for for females in what we call stem science technology engineering and mathematics right because there's underrepresentation just even in those categories of normal course of business and i think because f1 is such a you described it in one of your most recent interviews it's such like a small community and there's not a lot of opportunities to even crack into it right so if you have 
a really small base to break into and underrepresentation in the key fields that need to happen, I think you're just going to see a total revolution in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of people who came up studying this. Now they're seeing how popular F1 is. They want to really get into it. And the smartest people now are like yourself are in there and you're just going to have all these more, these people that are really fighting to get into it because they love it. They're passionate about it. And I think it's something that we're super excited to see. Do you like Danica Patrick when she's doing her uh, race previews? Do you guys have her or is that just for us in the States? I, to be honest, I haven't uh, seen her um, in the in the last uh, couple of seasons, uh, so I, I cannot. She, I cannot she's been doing um, she's been doing some commentary for at least okay. with, like when we broadcast in the United States. We do get the Sky Sports broadcast, so we get like Martin Brundle's grid walks, which are a near and dear to our heart. Watching all of those, but we've got a treat. There, we've gotten some Danica Patrick commentary for for the U.S. races. I think it's more for Coda, for Miami, and I think probably for Vegas. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I think I probably uh, saw her on the screen. But uh, to be honest, during uh, Sunday, if it was like a before race, uh, we were probably busy with uh, some 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 other things. Yeah. So um, I think I saw her on the screen, but I didn't didn't hear anything that she was saying. Vita, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week and talking about your experience in F one and all things Alfa Romeo. And and we just have had an awesome conversation. So thank you so much. Um, thank you for inviting me, and I hope that our both uh, drivers are going to be in the points.